This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 4th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama's planned bank reform includes giving regulators the power to bail out banks on a seemingly regular basis. What's that mean for banks and taxpayers? According to the Cato Institute's Director of Financial Regulation Studies, Mark Calabria, it's a fiscal hazard for taxpayers and moral hazard for banks. This is the interesting uh, thing about this is that the president did repeatedly say, uh, I mean, despite his own vote as a senator for it, he's repeatedly said, you know, I think the TARP is the right thing to do. I hated doing it uh, and I hated supporting it and I hated voting for it. You know, yet when you look at the proposal he's put forward to, finance, to reform our financial system, it's essentially a permanent TARP. Uh, under both the House pass bill and the plan that President Obama has put out, Yes, the regulators have the ability to impose losses, but they also have the ability to bail everybody out. So, you know, the, what the president says is he's essentially ending bailouts by the regulators are going to catch it next time. But if they don't, then they'll be able to bail out. How does that change the incentives for banks? It creates a massive amount of what uh, economists call moral hazard, which is, you know, these are, because the banks know that somebody will be there to catch them when they fall, you know, they will take greater risk. Even more importantly in this case is that their creditors will take greater risks. Uh, the people who lend these banks money have less incentive now to do due diligence on the banks themselves because the creditors will feel like, well, you know, if I lend, say, Goldman money, Goldman might go down and their shareholders might get wiped out. But hey, I lent the money and I'm going to get paid back because the government's going to pay me back. Uh, and it's interesting, even uh, House Financial Services Chairman Barney Frank said on the floor that the ability of the bill was to bail out select creditors. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty to it in that the House bill allows the regulator to pick and choose, allows the government to essentially pick and choose which creditors it's going to bail out. Uh, but it does give the ability to bail out any creditors. And the Obama administration has already, in some particular cases, had the opportunity to choose some creditors over others, at least with regard to Chrysler, and has done so. In, in many instances, I mean, this is the thing that I uh, I think exposes the administration plan for sort of the the, the facade it is, uh, because their argument is that, well, you know, regulators have the ability to impose losses, they will, but they already have the ability. Uh, for instance, when Tim Geithner was, uh, before he was Treasury Secretary at the New York Fed, he argued with the FDIC not to impose losses on both uh, creditors in WAMU and Wachovia, when actually that was the FDIC plan, was to impose losses. And ultimately, they chose not to. It was the same uh, with the auto bailout where certain creditors were picked over others. I mean, for instance, the UAW, the auto uh, labor union, they were what we call junior creditors, which would mean they were more last in line. And you had more senior creditors, such as pension fund, uh, employee pension funds in Indiana, who were in front of the line. What the Obama administration did was essentially let the auto company, the uh, unions jump in front of the line. So uh, there's a long-held uh, consideration in bankruptcy law and creditor law that you contract for your place in line. And the importance of that is, you know, you pay a different rate, you get a different return. If you're willing to take the first loss, you'll get the higher risk, you get the higher return with that. If you want something safer, you get a lower return. So what the president has done in the auto bailouts and allows in his in his uh, reform proposal is essentially the government to rearrange who gets paid first. Uh, and even worse than that, there's been a long-held uh, principle in bankruptcy law that similarly situated creditors get treated the same. So if you and I buy the same piece of debt, we're in that same class, 
you and I will both get, you know, X, I get 80 cents in the dollar, you get 80 cents in the dollar. The president's proposal would actually break that, that, you know, it really then becomes a determination of politics. Uh, sadly, it'll become who got the vote out, depending on how much of a, you know, cents in the dollar you get in terms of your, uh, how much money you lend in a bankruptcy. Uh, that, I think, is very problematic for our, cre- for our credit markets. I think it's very problematic in terms of the sanctity of contract. Is there an upside to creating a, a, a fair bit of uncertainty for people who had been taking more risk than they should have otherwise? Doesn't this might might this give them pause to make certain investments? And to some extent, we tried that. Uh, you know, under the Greenspan Fed, there came out a term called sort of constructive ambiguity, uh, and it was really meant for like, well. You know, maybe we'll bail people out, but let's kind of leave it vague. And I think we saw in the Lehman case, for instance, you know, after Bear was bailed out, everybody made a big stink about, well, you know, we're not going to bail anybody out. This was it. This was a one-time off, and you guys should be ready if this happens. And Lehman was repeatedly told, you know, we, you look like you're in trouble. Go out and raise money. And they had several opportunities, actually. They had several offers to buy them. And uh, the CEO and, and the board of Lehman rejected all those. They essentially, in there's plenty of evidence that in their mind they knew or they were gambling on that they would be bailed out. And this is the important part of it. Uh, because the presence of plan allows for bailouts, financial institutions will take the amount of leverage and put themselves in the position where they almost have to get bailed out. So they're going to call the bluff. I mean, what what is to lose? So I think that the history has proven that when you leave this ambiguity there, um, that market participants will just assume that, you know, since the government can bail you out, force their hand and they will. So what ultimately needs to change here is the ability of regulators and the executive branch to simply just bail people out. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. To learn how, visit Cato.org.